this is Dave Shrine, and you're listening to the Church Marketing Podcast. So glad that you're here. So glad that you are tuning in and uh, really excited. We've got a great episode coming up uh, today. We're talking with Brady Shearer, who is the founder, president, creator, CEO, whatever you want to call him of uh, Pro Church Tools. He's got a great podcast called the Pro Church Podcast. I'm a big fan of it. And I actually got to appear on the church, uh, the Pro Church Podcast uh, earlier in October, I believe. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. It was a great time hanging out with Brady. Uh, so really excited to have him on the show. But I have a very exciting announcement to make. I've been working very, very hard on this, making calls every single day, multiple calls every single day, and uh, I am pleased to announce that I have landed myself an iPhone 6. That's right. And you're saying multiple calls? Yes. So basically what happened was my wife, when, when the iPhone 6 came out, I asked my wife, I said, can I get an iPhone 6? And she said no. So it was pretty much over. But then I brought it up again, naturally, like any good tech boy would. I brought it up again, and she goes, why do you want an iPhone 6? I said, okay, there's a few reasons. And reason number one, I want it, okay? I'm willing to just admit that. I just want it. Reason number two, uh, it always helps to have the top technology for business so you can always run the apps you need to run, so you can always um, – have the fastest technology so that if you know something comes out, if you need your phone for you know doing video or whatever, having the best technology ensures that you get the, get the best results in a lot of instances. And then the last one is I help a lot of people with their phones, with their technology, and I said I need to have it in order to be able to trouble, troubleshoot. So those are the three reasons. And so she said, okay, fine. I'll make you a deal. She says, I've been wanting to do a real budget for a long time. So if you're willing to sit down and do a budget – I'm willing to let you get an iPhone 6. I said, deal. And so after like two or three weeks of just not having time to do budget, my back was up against the wall. I was getting ready to travel out of town. And I said, I want this iPhone. Let's do the budget. So we sat down, did the budget. And on Friday and Saturday, before I went out of town, I was spending um, time on the phone calling Apple stores, AT&T stores, Best Buys, and I eventually found my 64 gigabyte space gray iPhone 6 at a Radio Shack. They had two in stock and I got one of them. So I'm a happy, happy boy. Very, very glad. Now people see that I have um, people see, see that I have a, uh, an iPhone six. And so they'll ask me, Oh, like, what do you think of it? Like, um, you, you, are you, uh, do you like the phone? And I look at them and I just say, you know what? It's just another phone, man, but I'm really glad that it's mine. And that's pretty much how I feel about it. I like the bigger screen size. Um, I like the fact that it's just the newest one. It feels good in my hand, but you know what? That's just me. You may be an Android user and it's all good. Um, whatever floats your boat, go with it. So, um, if, if I sound a little bit different today, it's because I should. And the reason why is because I am actually in California right now. I'm recording this in California just after the certification lab. If you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know that we are part of the center for church communication, which is kind of like our mothership. Um, also the mothership of church marketing sucks.com. So we're the, we're underneath the CFCC and several times a year they put on what we call the certification lab and it's just a uh, a two-day gathering where church communicators from all over the country and I guess internationally too 
gather together to hear from some incredible instructors, people who I have looked up to for a long time, who have become, you know, good friends of mine, gratefully, just after all the amount of time they've invested in me, we've kind of become good friends. Um, and so this last week we were in, um, so at the time of this recording, uh, it was just, uh, yesterday and the day before we were in, uh, California, Lake Forest, California, down by Saddleback for the certification lab. And it was just an incredible time. There were so many amazing moments of, you know, just teachable moments of learning, uh, learning how to do the practical side of church communication, but also learning how to do the relational side. There's a lot of stuff that we talk about here regularly having to do with relational diplomacy. And so, um, you know, just a, a really good in time, but rather than me tell you about it, I went around and just captured some, um, some quick sound bites from participants. And I wanted to share those with you. So basically we, we said, Hey, thanks for being here. Certification lab is done. And I grabbed my iPhone six, went around and just recorded a few thoughts from some of the participants. So here's just a, a few of those, uh, quick sound bites for you. So we're here with Julie Snyder. Julie, what was your biggest takeaway from Cert Lab? Is there anything that you just absolutely loved or like what's on your brain right now? The whole thing was fantastic. Um, the biggest thing for me was the encouragement that I'm not alone, that there's other people who have the same job as me who are going through the same struggles. Um, but the, the thought of creating more margin in my work week, the, the having silent time where I'm just yeah. free to let my brain explore yeah. things and not be so overwhelmed with the noise of everything that's going on. That, yeah. that was huge. Yeah. The, that margin thing. I think that that's, that's huge. When I was hearing them talk about, uh, building in that space and allowing, I think it was Jerry saying, allowing your, um, personal priorities or whatever he was saying to impact your professional ones. I thought that was huge. Right. So, and like I had tweeted and you had commented on that, the you know, is your spouse playing second fiddle to your work? Yeah. And, oh, that just that was <laughs> hit so right good. to the heart. That was so good. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Furley Tanganan. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So uh, we actually knew each other prior to CERT Lab, didn't we? Yes, we did. We got to share a table at Saddleback, at Saddleback at their retreat center. But this time uh, here at CERT Lab is a little bit different of an environment, a lot, uh, lot more intimate environment. Did you have any like major takeaways or anything that you really feel like you can implement now or just what what are your thoughts um well i feel like what when we were at the last summit together in mm -hmm. june uh i feel like i learned a lot of things that i could implement for my team things that i could yeah. bring back to the table but i feel like here even though some of the things overlapped i had a different um, experience in that I felt like a lot of the stuff I learned here was all internal self-work mm. and that was really that's huge yeah I was really good for me because um, that self the self-work was just a different it took it to it took everything I already knew to a different level yeah yeah absolutely thank Great. you thank you appreciate it <laughs> all right so Adrian Moreno you just finished up cert lab what are your immediate thoughts as you finish up here yeah. well uh, one Great time. Yeah. Uh, great focus time. We get a lot of information. It could be overwhelming, but I'm going away with practical. I can use, as soon as I get home, tools that are going to help me as a communicator at my church move forward with some things that I've just been wondering about. I, yeah. It answers a lot of questions that you, at, you, you wonder and want to ask somebody who's doing things well, but you don't really have access to. Yeah. And so now you get in a room with people that... That you probably have heard of even. Yeah. And, I, and people that I've followed on Twitter. Yeah. And get to talk to them personally and ask 
specific questions and then tell you yeah. specific things that they're doing uh, at their church that, that work for them and, and a lot of the things that I feel like we could use. That's huge. Yeah. That's good. That's so right last question, and yeah. this is the really, really big one, so put your thinking cap on. Would you recommend Cert Lab? For certification lab for other people to attend, other church communicators. I definitely. I mean, I've already. I already talked to a couple of guys I know that that are in it, uh, telling them to check it out. Yeah. And so I definitely would. You should come. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Right, man. Appreciate it. Good to yeah, meet you. Nice to meet you, dude. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. Just a few pieces of feedback. A few participants sharing what they learned, what they loved, what they liked. Um, what they got out of certification lab. So I've got two more. I'm going to play those at the end because right now I want to jump into our conversation with Brady Shear. Like I said at the front end, Brady is the founder or owner, whatever you want to call him, of pro. I think he calls himself the founder of ProChurchTools.com and the uh, the founder of Pro Church or ProVideoAnnouncements.com. Um, he'll talk a little bit more about that in the conversation, but I've been following Brady for a while. You'll hear me give a ringing endorsement of his podcast at the end of the, at the end of the conversation. So I just want to emphasize, I really highly recommend that you find his podcast, download it and start listening. He's got some great guests on there. I was again, privileged to be uh, one of his guests, but I think you'll really enjoy it. Our conversation with Brady hinges around just the idea of media essentials, things that churches, things that uh, organizations need to be thinking about when it comes to their use of media within their organization. So without any further delay, I'm going to hand it over to myself as I interview Brady Shearer. Guys, I am here with Brady Shearer. Uh, Brady, his main thing is ProChurchTools.com. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, you got to go there ASAP. Immediately when you land on the page, he's got a, uh, a toolbox, a resource kit uh, that's that's just a free download. And it's got all sorts of good stuff in there. So that's his main deal. Um, he's also the, uh, the, the runner, the founder, the owner of ProVideoAnnouncements.com. And really cool concept here. A lot of churches have started to adopt the... Um, doing announcements via video. And so what Brady does is he's actually, you know, just excellent when it comes to video production. So he has, you know, started teaming up with churches to help them outsource the announcement video portion, really do his thing, which he is brilliant, brilliantly talented at, and then sends it back to them so that they can focus on what they need to focus on. And he can focus on what he does best. And then the last thing, and we'll get into this at the end, cause I, I want to know more about it, but Brady's putting together this, this new thing called the church graphics handbook. And it's really intriguing to me. We've talked a little bit about it before, but I want to hear more from him. So Brady, without any uh, further ado, welcome to the church marketing podcast, man. I'm really glad that, uh, that you agreed to talk with us today. Thanks, Dave. That was a really great intro. You made everything that we do sound really uh, more exciting than it might be, but I really appreciate it regardless. Well, you paid me really well to do it. So No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, under the table. I mean, we won't tell anyone but uh, how much, but yeah. it was a sizable amount, sizable. And it was all in Canadian dollars too, right? Exactly. So you'll lose a bit on the conversion, but you know, whatever. It's all good. So, uh, oh, and, uh, we, before I hit the magic record button, we were talking about, um, how really, if you want to sum up everything Brady does, he's a 49ers fan. So, and Dave's going to be really, really vocal about this right now because <laughs> his Cardinals just played my Niners and made it just look pretty foolish. So it's all right, man. Dave, I'll just Dave's let the, just, Dave just wants to talk about it. I'm sure. But you know what, man, I'll just let the record do all the talking. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> 
That's all right, though. That's all right, though. You'll probably get us back on the second time. So, Brady, man, I'm really glad to have you here. One thing, now, now we've known each other just a, a little bit of time here. We've been following one another on Twitter, you know, checking out one another's work. I have actually really enjoyed listening to the Pro Church Tools uh, Pro Church podcast that you've been doing, and you do it at such a, you know, a, a rapid you know, fire rate that I haven't had a chance to listen to all of all of them. I think I listened to about uh, every other one, uh, but it's good, man. It's been really great. And so in my mind, you've kind of become uh, just a really strong voice advocating for churches, technology, methodology, and essentially, you know, how do churches get equipped to do more of what they need to do to get their message out there. I mean, that's what, that's what you are in my mind. Is that kind of what you're trying to go after? Or um, is there something else that you're, that you're really, you know, trying to push churches towards? No, you covered it really well there, Dave. Essentially, I like to consider our company essential media training for every church. Mm. So I'm not the biggest guru or expert when it comes to, you know, videos, website, graphic design, social media. I have a pretty strong grasp on the fundamentals, and I think there's a certain level of media competency that every church should kind of reach for. Mm. Uh, what, what I noticed before we started our main site, ProChurchTools.com, a couple of years ago was that there were a lot of online thriving communities where really knowledgeable experts and church staff members that were dedicated to media and communications were gathering mm-hmm. and discussing and sharing mm-hmm. ideas. And I remember reading it. I was a brand new media director at my church reading these sites, and it always felt like it was going over my head. Yeah. And I was actually still a media director, a very young one, very inexperienced and fresh very green, but it still felt like it was going over my head. And I thought, there's got to be so many church leaders, pastors across North America, across the globe that could really benefit from step-by-step, practical, no-nonsense, not, you know, covered in high-minded rhetoric and fancy jargon and all that, just straight to the point, essential media training. So we don't dive super deep into what we do, uh, but we try to make all the essentials covered. And so even if you're not experienced in any of these areas of media, you can get your church started uh, right away. So you talk about these essentials. I mean, just drill down on that. What are some of the essentials that churches should be considering when it comes to implementing technology? I mean, we talk here about marketing and communication. So anything that, you know, specifically applies to that, make sure to point it out. But, you know, just in general, what are some of these essentials that churches need to be considering? Because I need to know. Yeah. I mean, marketing and communications is a really a broad term that covers definitely everything we do. Within that, uh, we focus on four main things, social media, website, videography, and graphic design. And it's interesting, I actually asked my audience, subscribers, the people that read over on Pro Church Tools, I asked them a question recently after one of our podcasts, and the question was, I was really interested in hearing firsthand from churches, what's your favorite type of media that you guys are working on Ooh. right now? And I asked of those four topics, is it social media, is it video, is it website, or is it graphic design? And the answer came back, number one, you want to take a guess? What do you think it was, Dave? Um, let's see, the printing press. No, video. <laughs> video was a very close second. What was and number I one? I expected video to be number one. Yeah. It was a close second. Number one that came out was graphic design. Wow. And when I asked the audience, I was like, okay, I want to know what's your favorite, but I also want to know why. Because I wanted to get in, you know, inside the, sure. the, the mind of my readers and inside the mind of these pastors and these churches so we could help them uh, better. And it was funny. Almost unanimously, 
The reason that came back for graphic design being their favorite was that if you can get a grasp on your church graphics, on your branding, on your visual identity and visual design in your church, if you can grasp that, not only will your you know graphic design improve, but every one of those four types of media is going to be improved because of that. <laughs> your videos are going to be better designed and they're going to flow better when you can include nice graphics along with them. Your social media is obviously going to improve because when you share graphics on social media, those stats and those analytics are through the roof compared to just plain text. Yeah. And also, uh, your videos are going to improve. We did a test where we took a web... Oh, sorry, your website. Did I say video? I meant website. We did a test where we took a uh, church's website, and we took all the graphics on their page. They had a nice page, but the graphics were really subpar. And all we did on the website was replace the graphics. And it was like they had a totally brand new website. You know, they didn't have to change their theme. They didn't have to hire an expensive designer to redo everything. All we did was replace their existing graphics, and it looked like a brand new, totally redone website. Wow. And this was an insight I had never really considered myself, and I'm so half, uh, uh, thankful that I asked this question to my audience because, you know, this insight has really um, what was the reason why we started developing the church graphics handbook because, you know, we realized if we can change one area that affects all areas, that's going to be such a higher leverage move for churches. I'm a big fan of doing less work and getting more results. <laughs> you know, when we launched our own business, it was just me. You know, we have our first full-time employee now. But before that, it was just me, you know, and I only had limited amount of time. So I needed to work on things. And same when I was on staff as a media director. I had to work on things yeah. that would only require my own time but would have big, big results. And yeah. so that's what I would say the main essential and the starting point is based on what churches are telling me. Okay, so when you say graphic design, I mean, I'm thinking of our listeners right now, and our listeners come from a wide range of church sizes, church budgets, and uh, individuals in those communication roles or communication responsibilities, uh, just a broad experience. So let's let's take it down to the very essential. You know, everybody thinks graphic design has to be Photoshop. And certainly that's what I use. I'm guessing that's what most everybody, you know, who's listening uses, but Photoshop can be pretty intimidating, especially if you're charged with doing, you know, the, the graphics for your church, yet you're a five hour a week, you know, volunteer and you can't afford Photoshop. Like where, where, what are some of the tools that exist out there for churches to do better? Um, maybe it's something you offer, maybe it's something that you found, but that allows churches to do better at their graphic design so that they can get better results in all those other areas that you talked about. I mean, that, that's a great point. I started with Photoshop about six years ago. And the reason I started using it was basically I was still uh, you know, a, a leader in my youth group, and I was friends with a couple other leaders in other youth groups across my region. And I would see them post these images on Facebook promoting mm-hmm. you know, their, nat- their latest series, or they had a big retreat coming up, and their graphics were always so beautiful. Yeah. And these were just high school kids like me. And then I'd look at my youth group, and our youth group was called Impact, and our logo was made from Impact font. Nice. And that pretty much sums up the quality of graphic design that <laughs> our pastor and our team were, were putting together, you know? And I knew, like, why I knew it Wait, hold bad. on. Did you it, – it didn't get named Impact Ministry because you liked the Impact font. It just so happened Impact font existed, right? You know, I asked my pastor the same question, <laughs> and he insists that it was, you know – Impact font because the name came first, but I'm not entirely convinced. And we'll never know. We'll never know. He's taking it to the grave. 
And like I would, I would see our stuff. I knew it was bad, or I knew it was like it could be a lot better. Yeah. But I didn't know how to take it from you know here to there. And so I mean, I started with Photoshop, and it was like six years of kind of just fumbling around, finding tutorials online, piecing stuff together. Um, because there wasn't really anything super targeted at you know just creating like simple graphics. Sure. I always found I was learning these tools in Photoshop that I knew I was never going to use, and I didn't want to invest huge time in learning a tool I was never going to use. So yeah. anyway, I mean, this isn't supposed to be an ad for the Church Graphics Handbook by any means, but um, one of the biggest chapters in the handbook, actually it is the biggest, is called Demystifying Photoshop. Hmm. And the idea is, you know, this church graphics handbook was made for the non-designers mm-hmm. of the world you know so you can learn photoshop and we break it down into what we call big skills and so instead of you know 25 hours of photoshop tutorials teaching you every single tool every single blend mode and and all the effects inside of photoshop everything you can do we break it down into six main big skills and if you can grasp these six main big skills you can begin using it immediately and the idea is like i said you know Smaller amount of work, bigger results. And the, the whole handbook is based on this kind of 80-20 principle, which is, you know, basically you can learn 80% of a skill by focusing on only 20% of the essentials. Hmm. And, and that's, the, that's what I found the best way um, to learn Photoshop is focusing on just, you know, these big skills and not getting bogged down and all the other crazy things that are unnecessary. And what, what's great about Photoshop recently, I mean, this is just a, from a pricing standpoint, but when I was in high school, you know, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get Photoshop. You know, we had elements that the church purchased, but because Photoshop used to be a $1,000 piece of software. Yeah, but in the last year, they introduced the Adobe Creative Cloud. And even that isn't tremendously inexpensive. Like you can get access to the entire cloud, which includes every Adobe program. So, you know, Premiere for video editing, Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, Audition for audio editing, etc. You can get access to every one of their programs for $50 a month. But there's a not super well-known product within that. You can get Photoshop and Lightroom, the latest versions with updates constantly. You don't have to pay for updates or anything like that for only $10 a month. That's great. And... When I discovered this, I was like, oh my goodness, $10 a month. Like a church of 50 can afford $10 a month. Yeah. You know, a church plant can afford $10 a month. Obviously, there are going to be unique situations, but, you know, by far, the majority of churches can afford Photoshop now. Absolutely. You know, um, what's awesome about Photoshop, too, is because it's, it is the standard. Um, as you are learning, as you're going through and getting more familiar with it, you know, actually the way I learned Photoshop and I've been using it for, gosh, I don't know, 15 years, 13 years, something like that. The way I learned it was I actually would go out and try to find other people's PSD files, download them, reverse engineer what they did, like look at what they did, what, you know, blend modes they used and, you know, where they, how they were layering things out. And then I'd try to recreate it. Uh, from scratch. And so uh, I, one thing that I'm super encouraged about, and and I'm sure that you see this a lot too, but churches are pretty eager um, and willing to share a lot of their resources, a lot of their files. And and I know that when I was first getting started, um, I would, I would see a, a graphic that I really liked on another church's website. And I would just ask, Hey, can we have permission to use that graphic? Or can you send me the, the PSD file? Because, you know, I, I really like that. And, you know, 
I don't have the skill to make it myself, but I'd like to be able to customize it. And I was just, I was just blown away. Churches just are willing to give away their stuff. And and I found that really encouraging. And like I said, that's what kind of helped me step into, you know, now being the one that creates the Photoshop graphics. And I have people, when I was working at, um, at my most recent church, we had people contacting us all the time asking for the files because they're just, they just are small. They've got you know, Sally secretary who's running Photoshop and she just wants to change things out. So, um, knowing that you can get Photoshop, uh, for 10 bucks a month is great. And Lightroom, just for those people who don't know, Lightroom is also a really great tool to use. Um, if you've been listening to at any length to the church marketing podcast, you know that I'm a huge advocate for using real photos. I don't like using stock photos of, you know, somebody from every continent, uh, all sitting around in a perfect (laughs) three quarter circle, looking at the word of God and smiling. Like, I just don't think that's real. And I think that misrepresents the church. So like, I love real photos. And when you get a program like Lightroom, um, it takes a little bit of a learning curve, but you can dump photos in there and all of a sudden you can, you know, make them brighter or make them darker, uh, make blacks blacker or makes white whiter, uh, or pull out certain tones. So if you, if your website really has a lot of blues in it and you really want to, you know, bring out some blue in a photo, you've got the ability to do that. So that's a really great deal. So let's kind of, let's keep going here. Now this isn't completely, um, you know, a perfect runway into this question, but it's one that I really wanted to ask you. I was like, man, I'm going to have some time with Brady Shearer. Like, what do I really want to ask him? And and this is one that I want to know. Um, are you seeing any emerging trends, um, in the way churches communicate, um, and particularly how they're using technology, like new trends, new ways that churches are getting the message out there that really haven't been widely adopted. Maybe some of the, you know, more, uh, trailblazing type of churches. Like, what are you seeing out there? We're talking like fringe things that are kind of off the grid and like not super uh, popular. Yeah, maybe just very new. Like I'll I'll share one. I mean, I haven't even touched it yet and it's been out there for a while. But like I'm thinking, you know, I've got something that I'm working on. And it's like, well, would Canva be a nice tool, you know, for me to just dump stuff in and get a real quick graphic to put my to put this pastor's quote on? Or what kind of trends are you seeing develop and, you know, things that, you know, churches might ought to consider? Sure. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, churches are not the most uh, fastest, quickest adopters when it comes to any emerging trends. Whoa, newsflash. Beep, beep, I mean, beep, 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 none beep, of you beep, ever beep. knew that. I'm here to drop that knowledge on you and just, <laughs> and just change the... No, but seriously, um, what I found most most useful when I when it comes to you know trends, if we're staying in the design territory, yeah. is um, in the last couple of years, it used to be that you used to have to pay a large sum of money to get a stock photo. And I know you just mentioned that you don't like, you know, care to stock photos. In. And I agree, Let, like most of the, yeah, you go ahead. You can clarify. I was just going to say, want- yeah, I want to clarify. The thing is, is like, I don't like stock photos that mi- misrepresent a church sure. or the faith. I love stock photos that complement a church or the faith. And so like just a really practical example, like I can't get a, for Easter, I can't get a really good picture of Jesus's feet walking out of the tomb. And even saying that sounds really cheesy, but like, I can't really get a great shot of Jesus emerging from the tomb to put on, you know, some sort of a graphic, but there, there are people who have captured that spent the time and the effort capturing the image in an authentic way that, that accentuates that amplifies what we're going after. So that's, that's what I mean. Does that make more sense? Yeah, definitely. You don't, okay, great. The, the misrepresentation, sure. And, I mean, it used to be like stock photos, the ones that used to be super popular and are still popular now, Shutterstock or iPhoto, uh, you know, where you used to go and you'd have to pay 
a large sum of money and maybe you'd have to pay a lot of extra money if you wanted like a super large dimension <laughs> if you're doing a yeah. print design or something. Yeah. And now what happened was one of the earliest sites that did this was unsplash.com yeah. where basically they were a company that was starting their own brand, uh, you know, just a tech company like so many other startups and they did this photo shoot where they were around this, you know, nice hipster vintage wood table and they had their MacBooks and their iPhones and some, you know, French press coffee and they were doing this photo shoot for the launch of their website. And basically the photo shoot was done, they were wrapping it up, they're going through Lightroom, going through all the images, and they had their two or three that were picked from the photo shoot to use on their new website. But that left them with a handful of other photos that they had no use for. And what they decided to do was, hey, we'll just launch a website. We'll call it unsplash.com, and we'll just post those photos up and just give back to the online design community. Wow. And basically what happened was it just started with that, and there was such a huge response. Uh, you know, It became wildly popular overnight that they decided to release 10 new photos every 10 days. So what started with just a simple act of kindness has turned into this website that is by far, ironically, much more sizable than their company itself. Yeah. I mean, this website has totally taken off and these photos are like brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I'm sure you've seen them. They're not I go there like every those, day, Brady. I go to that website right? every day and just check out what they have and uh, I sometimes I'll spend up to 10 minutes scrolling trying to find the perfect image because 10 minutes is a whole lot cheaper than $75, you know? Absolutely, and unfortunately, there's no way to, to search, but there are, uh, there are a couple of tools that let you do that, but I know the exact same thing. I have it bookmarked in my toolbar. Yeah. I'll visit it and just start scrolling down, scrolling down, because these aren't like plastic, sterile, traditional stock no. photo look. These are beautifully designed. Think like visual supply company, You know that kind of really warm, there's some nice grain on the images. Yeah. They're just stunning. They're brilliant, and now because the site's become so popular, it's not just Unsplash and their team that's putting in images. It's just kind of a uh, every uh, photographer that wants can submit to uh, Unsplash an image, and they they decide you know well up or not. And once Unsplash did this, there were so many other sites that <laughs> came out and started doing the same thing, which is great because sometimes I'll be going through Unsplash and be like, I just can't find the right photo. But there's at least eight of these yeah. sites. And they're all listed in the, in, the, in the Church Graphics Handbook where you can get these free images. And, I mean, at least in my opinion, they're often more nice than stock photos. The only thing that you're missing on these sites is they don't have a search function, most of them. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, Unsplash. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, and, uh, and then, like you said, in the, the Church Graphics Handbook, you've got a whole – just a whole, you know – mess of great places where churches can find photography. And I agree with you. I think that's a, a, a trend that I'm seeing emerge as well is um, I think it speaks to the larger trend of people just really having a craving for authenticity in their media, authenticity in social and uh, the images that come from places like Unsplash, like they are authentic and they're not, they're not staged in, in terms of, you know, we're going to, we're going to get this perfect shot for this one use on the website. It's like, no, like we're, we're in Las Vegas right now. So we're going to take just a few shots here of being in Las Vegas and Hey, you know, walk up these stairs. I'm going to snack, snatch a picture of you walking up the stairs and it's just really great stuff. So I like it. So let's really dive into, um, into, you know, equipping churches. Cause I know that that's what you do. What you, you really, uh, help churches offload a lot of the things that they can't do or can't do well you help them produce um, just outstanding 
you know, return on investment. And then in turn, they're able to communicate more clearly. Um, do you have any stories of ways um, that you have partnered with churches? And I mean, this isn't like a commercial for, you know, uh, pro-church tools. But the thing that I really want to get to is I want people to have a vision for, you know, what this process can look like. We've got a problem. We're ineffective in this particular area. We need to pick a tool and we need to get trained in that tool. We need to be pro when using this church tool. So are there any stories or any instances where you can kind of share how you've gone from like, you know, worst to taking a church from like worst to first, uh, you know, so to speak, and uh, really help them shine? There, um, an email I got not too long ago from someone who just follows the blog. We have a series of video training. It's absolutely free on the blog. It's 40 videos. It's called the church video series. And basically it teaches you how to make videos for your church that don't suck. And it's funny. I use that vernacular a lot sucks. And I think I'm probably inspired by, by you guys there. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to give the nod there. Thanks for um, allowing me to use the word suck. Appreciate it. <laughs> so basically it's 40 videos and it was the first thing, the first major project I did with Pro Church Tools when we launched the site. And it'll take you from I know nothing about videography. And once you're done the 40 videos, you'll be able to create a video for your church that you know doesn't suck. It's very nice. And I got a, uh, an email from someone. I had no idea who they were, but they sent me an email. They're like, hey, man, I'm, I'm subscribed to Pro Church Tools. I went through the church video series. I literally knew nothing before I started. And here's the video that I created for my church. And he had created a music video uh, one, a cover of a famous worship, worship song, which is a great thing to do on YouTube because they get great um, ranking because of the keywords that people are searching. And he created this music video. It was an acoustic video of one of the people on his worship team, you know, singing a popular worship song. And he's like, I created this for my church and it's really blessed them. And I said, man, like, this is a really good looking video. And I guess he had learned, at least that was what he was saying, he had learned all the skills from this church video series. So seeing that transformation from, like you said, zero to hero, uh, people that have never touched a camera, never opened Photoshop, and then seeing them be able to create something that was valuable to their church that wasn't hideous, that looked nice. I mean, that's, that's just why we do what we do. Um, so I've got a, uh, I've got kind of like a uh, MO when it comes to the way we represent our churches online and kind of just the way that I approach things. And, um, a lot of times I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought this, but like I'll, I believe so firmly in marketing and communication because we've got the best message ever. All marketing and communication does is make sure that we articulate that message in a way that connects and resonates with other people. I mean, that's all that it is. It's not a filthy word. It's actually a freeing word. And, um, and so my whole thought is, you know what, when I create a great video and put it on Facebook or when I spend time creating a graphic, when I invest in one of these technologies, um, there's a bigger purpose. Sometimes I'll just sit and I'll think about what I'm doing. I'll be like, are you serious? Like someone's paying me to sit around and come up with, you know, stuff to put up on Facebook or like create an event on Facebook. And I feel foolish because it's like, isn't the kingdom of God more than this? And like it, it, it goes through my brain all the time. But then I come back to this. I come back to the idea of we don't know what God is doing and we don't know how he is working. Um, he's the only one that knows the insides of the hearts of the people that he's going after. And he's the one who understands where people are at and what it is, the catalyst 
um, that he's going to use to help draw him, draw them to himself. And so when I'm sitting there creating a graphic with a quote on Facebook and I'm, you know, releasing it, I can feel foolish. Like, I can't believe that this is my job. Like I love it, but I can't believe that this is my, my role in the kingdom of God. It seems so, you know, trivial, but you don't know who's going to click like, and you don't know who's going to click share. And the way Facebook works is the more something resonates with somebody, the more that content gets bumped onto their timeline and highlighted on their timeline, which means it will be seen by more and more people. We don't know who's going to see a like or who's going to see a share, but God does. And when a church is able to put something together that speaks to the excellence of who Jesus is, I think there is so much power in seeing that, that you know, um, transformation happen, right? Like I put it up just like, oh, my pastor said this on Sunday. I made a cool quote, you know, just a random member from the church. Oh, I liked it. When, I like that message. Like now all of a sudden that like shows up on another page and the story of God is unfolded. Does that make sense? That, that paradigm that I'm painting there? Yeah. I grew up with someone of a narrow mindset where essentially I thought some stuff was sacred and some, some stuff was secular. And I guess the pinnacle of sacred ministry was, you know, with a friend or accept Christ and begin coming to church. But there's an old cliche that, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And there's the reason it's a cliche is because there's so much truth in it. And whether it's directly or indirectly, God's working through everything that we do for him. And me creating a graphic in Photoshop is no more sacred than me praying for someone yeah. and, and leading them through the, the sinner's prayer or, or whatever you want to call it. They're just different stages in everyone's journey yeah. to Christ. And whether this was something we learned in Bible college, you know, my, I was in the youth program and my professor was always saying, he's like, if you imagine someone's journey to Christ on a zero to 10 scale, everyone's on a different level in this scale. And if 10 is when they finally accept Christ and begin walking and serve, walking with him and serving him, and zero is, you know, the worst person on the earth. He's like, <laughs> anytime you move someone along that scale, that's doing kingdom work. Yeah. And fortunately or unfortunately, our world communicates with digital media. And if that's the way our world communicates, then we need to be sharing the message of Christ through that media. Yeah. Dude, and I'm going to say it's fortunate because... Um... Man, I have seen God use digital media in ways that would just blow people's minds if they were to come from 1995 all the way to you know 2014 and see how God has used um, this medium of digital and social and you know internet for His glory for His kingdom. I mean, you think of churches uh, who are posting their content online. And, you know, people overseas who don't have access to the same type of, you know, teaching or resources being able to download it. And you think of, you know, um, you know, the chicken soup for the soul books. I think those were so huge in the nineties because it was kind of, it was kind of social before social became, you know, online and, and people were wanting to resonate with these books of trans or these stories of transformation and these stories of, uh, hope. And now here you have a digital medium where a guy from Canada and a guy from Phoenix, Arizona um, can discuss the power of digital through the medium that connected them in the very first place. You know what I mean? Like, you know, 
fortunate. Yeah, like the internet can be used for a whole bunch of evil, but so can writing and so can, um, so can, you know, partying or picnics or the mall or shopping, like everything could be used for evil. But I think, I think we have a unique opportunity, uh, to redeem these, uh, technical tools, uh, for the sake of the kingdom. So, um, let's go ahead and, and j- just transition out here. Uh, you do have this church graphics handbook coming up. You, you were talking to me about it. Um, you know, when we, when we spoke a, a couple weeks ago, just tell me what it is and why people should be excited about it. What, what, what's in it for them? What value does it bring to them, their ministry, their church, what they're going after? Sure. Well, I mean, I told that story of my youth group with the impact font and that being the name of our youth group. And basically I created this handbook, one, after the responses we got from our audience saying, hey, graphic design is really important to us, and two, I made it for my youth pastor and for me six years ago when I had to learn the hard way how to use Photoshop and how to create graphics for my church. And essentially, um, there's three parts to the handbook. There's the the training, the tutorials, and the templates. And basically, they just kind of build on one another. So the handbook itself, it's 137 pages of training. It's going to teach you how to use Photoshop, where to get the best free fonts, the best free photos, the basics of graphic design. And then there's three formulas in the handbook, how to create graphics step by step. So again, it's really practical. I tried to take the opposite approach to the the more traditional Photoshop and graphic design training. There's very little theory. It's very step by step. And like I said, it's made for the non-designer. So if you don't consider yourself a super big Photoshop expert, then this is for you. The second level is the tutorials. Along with the written training in the handbook, there's more than 20 video tutorials that walk you through step by step. Because, you know, I think uh, the most recent study I learned, it said everyone is a a visual learner in some way. And hopefully when you see me inside of Photoshop opening the photo saying this is where you click, this is how you do it, it becomes super easy on how to create graphics. Because the tutorials aren't saying this is how you use the pen tool and this is the next 30 minutes learning how to use the pen tool. It's more this is how you create a graphic for your church starting with doing this. And then finally, and the best part of the handbook, where I spent the most work is the templates. There's more than 400 Photoshop templates that you can just open in Photoshop, change the text, and save it, and it's all ready to go. Wow. These are the exact same templates that we use when churches, the ones that we work with at ProVideoAnnouncements.com, when they send in their graphic requests, these are the templates we use. And along with the templates is, like I mentioned, all those free sites that release the free photos. Yeah. What I've done is included in the package is more than a thousand of those stock photos fully organized the way that we have them organized on our uh, on our server in a, at, at our uh, office so again these sites all release them completely free you're allowed to do whatever you want with them so you're not paying for the photos but you're paying for the 120 hours it took for me to download all of them <laughs> yeah. and organize them so you don't ever have to scroll through everything again you just open it up you're like okay i need uh, a photo of this boom folder here folder there. you got it already you put it in the template it's just plug and play so there's the training if you want to do it yourself. There's the video if you want to see how to do it. And then there's the templates if you just want to create a graphic in literally less than 30 seconds. So that's the idea of the handbook. I love it, man. So is this, would it be wise for me to download this uh, church graphics handbook on my cellular connection? <laughs> on your cellular connection? It sounds, like it's a, it sounds like it's pretty big. It sounds like it's got a lot of really good stuff in there. And I could exhaust my 10 gigabytes really, really quickly if I start, if I start downloading on there. I, it's, it's, it sounds like it's really all-inclusive. That was, my, that was my poor attempt at humor. That's what we do out here in Phoenix, Arizona. We try to... <laughs> no, we, see, it's, 
it's my fault. I'm Canadian. I just don't get the humor, you know? Oh. My data plan has one gig because we have, like, the worst plans in the history of the world. Canada oh, photo- my goodness. Canada data plans are terrible. Anyway, it is extremely high gigabytes. I was just uploading the final templates and the final photos. It exceeds 10 gigs, but the the uh, the, the part that you download when you purchase the handbook is you get all these like HTML links that have the download links in them. Got and then it. you can download, they're all separated into different sections. So you download the nature photos and then you download the retro templates. And it's all, so I broke it down into smaller sections because I was like, I don't want someone to have to click download and then be waiting for like, you know, you know, three days for everything to download. <laughs> hey, especially, especially, uh, you know, if, if you're doing it on your data connection, I mean, you're going to be <laughs> waiting forever and it's, it's going to be an insane amount of money. So, uh, so yeah, you'll definitely want to be at a desktop computer when you start accessing the Brady. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate what you're doing for the church. Um, I want to, I, I want to send people to, uh, to pro church tools.com and to, uh, check out the, uh, the podcast that you're doing there. Cause I think a lot of our listeners, you know, they're podcast listeners and they'll want to take a listen to it. Where else can people uh, find you at? Yeah. If you want to give me a shout, uh, Follow me on Twitter. It's just at Brady Shearer, S-H-E-A-R-E-R, like a sheep shearer. And that's actually where the name's from. Woohoo. Um, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. And then, yeah, you mentioned all the sites. I mean, we don't have to go over that again. Awesome, man. I'll put everything in the show notes. Brady, you've been a, you've been a rock star. Thank you so much. Um, even though you're a 49ers fan, we can still be friends. And, uh, and we'll, just, uh, we'll just see how the rest of the season goes. That sounds like a plan. The one more thing I wanted to say was yeah. – um, the, the handbook comes out October 21st. Great. So depending on when this goes live, the handbook might not be available for purchase yet. But what we're doing is the week before the handbook, we're giving away a series of three free training videos. So, you know, if you're not in a place where you're ready to purchase something like the handbook, you know, we wanted to give you something that would be useful either way. So if you go over to Pro Church Tools, you know, it'll be easy to find those three free training videos. Or even better, go to churchgraphicshandbook.com, and the link will be right there. Just depending on when this comes out. I, w- I didn't want people to get all excited. And then, oh, it's not out for another week. Uh, <laughs> no, that, no, that's good, man. We'll, uh, we'll put that in the show notes, and, uh, and I'll get this thing slated. And people will definitely know exactly where to go to download the Church Graphics Handbook and to really just follow what you're doing and uh, – and get equipped by everything. Brady, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Dave. Had a great time. So I'm hanging out here with Allison Flores. Allison! How do you feel? I feel so good. <laughs> yeah. What did you love about the CERT Lab? Was there any particular speaker that you connected with that you really enjoyed? Um, yes, actually. I just got done talking with Stephen Brewster just about creativity. And I work under my worship pastor, and he also is over creative mm-hmm. arts. And I feel like lately my communications role has been really suppressing that creativity because I've taken on more of an administrative, um, more of an administrative role. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of made me feel like, what am I doing that's new and innovative? Mm-hmm. So um, just learning how to refuel my creativity and know that i that's my nature. My nature is to um, have these ideas and try to execute them. And um, knowing that I can refuel it without burning out is, like, just it's so huge. positive for me. So it's a good 
I've learned a lot this this lab. Do you remember? Do you remember when he was talking about um, uh, what? What did he say? It was something like there are there is no writer's block. Um, oh, yeah. How how did he put it? He put it something like, "There is no writer's block. There's just the need to get out and become inspired, or something like that." Like writer's block is fake. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I took from that whole part is that I don't need to, I don't need to like completely just like take everything off and like stop what I'm doing. It's more of I need to like create those times yeah. to go out and try to do something that yeah. is like shifting my shifting my focus back onto creativity so he gave an example of like if you're doing emails every day and you hate email like you just do not hate email <laughs> you're never going to think of any new ideas if you continue yeah. to sit in the same yeah. place and do the same thing every day so um for me i was talking to some people earlier about how you know disney is such like a inspiring place uh-huh. for me and I'm able to go to Disneyland because I'm really close to it and so that's a place where I can kind of think outside the box and ex- have that experience yeah. and that influences my um, how I'm going to lead others into a worship experience so. that's awesome so biggest question here no pressure would you recommend cert lab to anybody else absolutely I feel like it's not just for people who know everything and they know I I had the um, notion when I first heard about it that everybody coming was going to be somebody who you know they knew all about church communications and they had these big churches and these big ideas and they're just coming to kind of like refine that a little bit and um, some of the people here are just starting in their roles and I'm um, new to my role so that was really comforting knowing that I'm in the same place as a lot of these other people and it's not just um, it's not just these big names or these big churches where what you the questions you have are going to get lost like I had so many questions answered that I didn't think would be able to be answered initially when I first heard about CERT Lab so that's awesome thank you so much it's good to have you here thank you (laughs) so we have Angela Taylor here and you just signed up for Twitter didn't you I did what's your what's your username and C Taylor all right now was that your first choice no no? I went through a lot of them. I actually Googled how to make a good Twitter name. <laughs> I love that. So we're here at the CERT Lab, and she got on Twitter. We've been tweeting with uh, hashtag CERT Lab. Did you, yep. you know how to find the hashtag? I do now, yep. Right. And they showed me how to uh, star, like. Yeah, how favorite. Do do favorite. There yeah, you go. There you uh-huh. go. Any cool takeaways from, other than Twitter, other than, oh, yeah, now I'm on Twitter. I know how to favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, any cool takeaways from the days that we had together here? Yes, I would say that I'm leaving with a, I can do this, and there's other people Mm. that do it along with me, that I'm not stranded on an island by myself, but that um, I can contact anyone for questions and information, and I have a support system behind me. That's awesome. So you got to meet some people, or was it just like a couple people that you knew when you came in? No, I didn't know anyone. I'm from Minnesota and came to California, and it was a trip by myself and adventure, and I've met a ton of new friends and coworkers and colleagues that will support me through my journey as a communication arts director. That's awesome. And, and Twitter Twitter followers and yes. people to follow, right? Yes. I don't know how many followers I have so far, but... I think I looked. I think you have like five or something like five that? Five in like two hours, three hours. So if everybody's listening to this, <laughs> you wanna, what's your username again? 
Ange C. Taylor. Ange C. Taylor. You can go find Ange C. Taylor. I'll put it in the show notes. Yep. And, uh, and we'll get that Twitter follower number. Thank you so much. Yes. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. So there you go. Just a couple more uh, sound bites from Certification Lab. That last gal, Angela Taylor, uh, she's just awesome. Uh, she heard about Twitter for the first time and, you know, so I'm working on uh, a training that will help people understand and use Twitter, not only for themselves, but their churches. And the second that I heard that she wasn't on Twitter, I was like, Hey, you got to get yourself on Twitter. And so, uh, just super fun hearing that she Googled, um, you know, how to come up with a good Twitter name. I love that. So if you're listening, uh, we want to go and we want to follow her. We want to get her immediately plugged into Twitter. Uh, it's A N G C. T-A-Y-L-O-R, Ange C. Taylor. Uh, that's her username. Uh, you can also go to churchmarketingsucks.com slash 007, and it will be there in the show notes. A little bit of follow-up from uh, my conversation with Brady. The main takeaway that I really want to emphasize after you know going back and listening to that conversation again is that really you don't need to feel a pressure to do everything. Okay. We covered a lot of stuff. We talked about Photoshop. We talked about video. We talked about announcements. We talked about uh, uh, photography. We talked about a lot of different elements. And I think there's a, um, a risk at making it sound like you've got to do all these things in order to be doing it well. And that's just not the case. Really what we want to go after is we want to go after doing the things that we do engage in and doing those with excellence and doing those well, giving our best effort. You know, one of the things that um, several of the instructors talked about at the certification lab was, you know, what does it mean to do things with excellence? And I think it was Jerry True. Uh, Jerry, if you're listening and it wasn't, you feel free to correct me, but I think it was Jerry True that said, you know, the thing, excellence for him is giving your best. And so even if your best doesn't necessarily line up with the most excellent product output um, that's out there, as long as it was, was your best, it was the very best that you could do. You were placed in a position to succeed and you gave your best effort in that position, um, then that's really what we're going for. And I just, I love that approach. I love that attitude. So as you're listening to this episode or any of the other episodes, please do not feel like you need to compare yourself with what, you know, I've done with what the instructor or the, the conversation partner is doing with what any other churches out there are doing. Really what you want to focus in on is what is going to be best for you, for your church, for your community, and for the position that you've been placed in that position of, um, of authority and influence, what is going to be best for you? for your context. That's what you want to go after. And you want to pick that thing or those things, which you can do consistently and do well. So I hope that frees you up a little bit to not feel like you've got to tackle everything all at once. So as we wrap up here, uh, I want to go ahead and I want to say uh, thank you to those who have gone over to iTunes, reviewed the Church Marketing Podcast. I've got two more reviews. Uh, like I said, I stole this idea from Brady Shear, so I want to read these reviews online. Uh, the first one comes from uh, Maxwell Speaks. He says, great conversations. I'm learning a lot and enjoying the conversations in this podcast. Great quality, lots of resources with links clearly listed in companion notes on their website. Well thought out. Thank you so much, Maxwell Speaks. I appreciate that. Uh, and the other one is Value Times 1000 by T. Lelio. Golly, man. I know that we're following one another on Twitter and I cannot believe I can't 
figure out for the life of me the correct way. So, you know, send me a tweet. Tell me exactly how I should pronounce it. You know I love you, man. I appreciate you, and I appreciate these comments. He says, I've learned more in three episodes than I have in three years in the field. Great ideas, encouragement, and inspiration. Thanks. Absolutely love it, man. Thank you so much. If you want to review us, you can go to churchmarketingsucks.com slash CMP. That's CMP for Church Marketing Podcast. Click the iTunes button and leave a review. Uh, reviews really go a long way for helping other church communicators find us. So if you've been helped by this content and you think others will be, the number one way that you can show your appreciation is to go to iTunes. Uh, actually, go to churchmarketingsucks.com slash CMP. Click the iTunes button and leave us a review. Um, really, really would appreciate that. Okay. That's pretty much all that we've got slated uh, for this episode here. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. Really excited about this one. You'll have to just stay tuned uh, to find out what it is, but I think you're going to love it. So uh, until next time, my name is Dave Shrine, and I guess even after next time, my name will still be Dave Shrine. You can find me uh, on DaveShrine.com or on Twitter at Dave Shrine. Look me up. Anything that I can do to help you, please let me know. And until next time, Shrine out.